the box office bomb squad this is where i break down some of the biggest bombs that ever hit theaters and today's bomb is 2014's transcendence this thing is like any intelligence it needs to grow to advance right now it's settling somewhere it thinks it's safe from outside threats Somewhere its massive appetite for power can be met. But it will want more than that. After a while, survival won't be enough. It will expand, evolve, influence. Perhaps the entire world. A little longer than our normal intro, but I thought it was uh, relevant considering the fear of AI at the moment. And Paul Bettany does in this movie, and rightfully so, uh, kind of portray that fear pretty good about what, what it could be. So thought that was interesting. Uh, interesting that this movie came up at this time. But anyway, uh this movie debuted fourth in its opening weekend. Unfortunately, this is what it had to compete against, uh, which is weird, by the way, because like I don't, even, I don't even know some of these movies. Uh, Winter Soldier, which we all know that. Mm-hmm. Rio 2, didn't even know Rio had a sequel, but it failed, that one. And then Heaven is for Real, which I've never heard of. Yeah, I haven't heard so of that. So I was like, okay. And then it fell to seventh in its second week after The Other Woman, Brick Mansions, and The Quiet Ones came out. After everything, it ended with $103 million on a $150 million budget. So it was just a failure from beginning to end. It's set in the far-flung future of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I always like it whenever a movie's set in the future that is just a couple of years ago. Yeah, not only 2021, but even 2021 was only like seven years in the future for this movie. Yeah, exactly. It was released yeah, in 2014. Really this movie came out in 2014, and they're like, yeah. you know, <laughs> let's give it seven years <laughs> before we develop Transcendence. It's like, yeah. well, you guys had a lot of faith in us. You know, we'll have bowling ball-sized quantum processors that run on a server rack by then, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. We'll have uh, oddly dark lighting in all rooms, but everyone's got a weird soft glow on them. That's what we're going to have in 2021. <laughs> the... the First of all, you know what? Let's just let's talk about it, and then I'll get into that. You know how many fucking bugs Dave Bautista has to stay that big? <laughs> so many probes in so many holes. That reminds me of a big poop. Had to be an ass joke. Oh, my God. Let's talk about it. I hate the lighting in this film. <laughs> I mean, it's not awesome. Everything is either too dark or has an odd glow to it like a soft lens put on it and it's very weird and i'll tell you what else fucked me up they like their top lighting oh they do yeah yeah i thought killian murphy was tall (laughs) yeah every time i've seen him in i'm like oh he's a tall guy he's five foot seven yeah and I didn't notice how short he was until Morgan Freeman, who's six foot two, walks yeah. is like standing beside him and he like towers over him. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? He's a short king. So I had to look yeah, I had to look up <laughs> all the tights. He's like a 
Well, he's average height, I guess. But yeah, I'm yeah. I'm six two myself. What are you six one? I'm five ten. Are you really five ten, five eleven? Depending on the shoes I'm wearing, I'm like five uh. ten and a half. But because you know, if the doctor takes my height without my shoes on, though, it ends up being closer to five ten. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. You are definitely taller than I am. I know that. Oh yeah, I'm six two, but I might be six one now because I'm getting to the age where I'm going to start shrinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, men, men, uh, as a whole, um, mature, they hit top maturity around 12 and then they stay that way until they hit 40 and then they start reverting backwards. (laughs) Seems that way. Oh my God. So, uh, what? (laughs) I am so confused with this note. Okay. First off, I love when you're confused by your own notes. I will admit that I went into this movie a little under the influence of drugs because I thought it would be a cool movie to watch high. I was very wrong because I forgot that there's not a lot of visuals in this movie. It's just mostly dialogue. But I wrote something here, and maybe you can help me figure this out. I'm, I'm looking at characters' names, so maybe it would fix. I said, Bill Com is right. Like, what do you need to see Wall Street? What the fuck am I talking about there? Oh, um, at one point, Johnny Depp and the computer starts talking about needing to connect to the internet and then connect to Wall Street to make trades. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I don't know what you meant by Bill Kahn, but... I don't know. That could have just been correct fixing it, and I didn't change yeah, it. Yeah, Paul Bettany um, asks, why would he need to connect to Wall Street? Okay, so that's probably what I was doing. It's like, yeah, he's right. Why would you need to connect? Yeah. Well, you got to get money. <laughs> There's a million other ways to do it. Like, that's the hardest way to do it. Just connect to a bank. I mean, it's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, true, I but know. that's the legal way to do it. Oh, they bring up Elon Musk in this movie, and I'm like, boy, if you guys only knew what he'd end up becoming. Not only bring <laughs> him up, but he's actually, like, in the movie for 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, the oh, yeah. young Elon. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I always think, like, he was like, we were looking at him as this Tony Stark for a while, and now we're like, what an idiot. He can't even run Twitter, you know? It's it's just wild how different he's t- become. Um, the radiation bullet. Thought that was neat, and yeah. uh, that really happened in real life. Yes, it did. So I, I was like, oh, that's cool. I actually really like that bit. Like, you're going to assassinate somebody, make sure it happens. Yep, that was a uh, uh, a Russian spy that got killed that way, right? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> or some type of whatever. Yeah. Um, Clifton Collins is in this movie, and I thought that was fun. He's I the like guy him. who gets the shit beat out of him and gets resurrected with the robot stuff and becomes the first, like, weird, like, cross-human person. He gets that weird gross robo-scab on his head. Meta human, yeah. When he like lifts up that thing, I'm like, oh, so they're like super strong and shit. That's probably gonna come into play. Not really. <laughs> it, it, a lot of this movie has bits that never come back, and I'm like, but then they're like, remember that Faraday cage we talked about? Here it is. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the amount of like uh, Jesus references to Johnny Depp's character is I mean, wild in this. It's a Christ parable. The whole story yeah. is from beginning to end. Because he's like you healing know. blind and helping that one guy in the wheelchair walk yeah. again. And Well, he dies and then comes back to life. 
And then, yeah, like you said, he literally cures a blind man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I mean, yeah, the whole story is just textbook Christ parable. I will say though, I actually enjoyed, uh, that this movie's, this movie's slow. I'm not going to act like it's not, it's slow. It's slow as hell. Um, and I normally don't mind slow movies, but the way this movie is slow without anything going on, that's all that interesting. It's mostly an argument between three people. Well, between two people and an AI on whether or not that AI, which is a copy of a man's brain is that man. That's, that's the in and outs of this movie basically. But then other shit happens, including a weird turn in act three. This movie picks up a strong horror vibe with the enhanced humans like they're kind of zombie like and stuff. And they're like ripping through things to get to people. And I'm like, interesting. That's an interesting like twist there that I didn't expect is this like kind of a horror feeling to it. Yeah, but it's true. But overall, I got to say this movie was a challenge to get through the second time. I remember liking this. (laughs) Okay. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I, my attention span was fucked up because of the uh, because of the drugs, frankly, or if it was because of something else. But I was like, I am having trouble following. I'm having trouble paying attention. I'm having trouble telling the difference between some of the characters for some reason. <laughs> Cole nice. Hauser's in here. Yep. And I was yes. like, oh, Cole Hauser, because we'll get to the five Joe in a little bit. But when I saw Cole Hauser, I was like, cool, I can use my Cole Hauser connection again. And then I noticed somebody else in the movie. So I changed my mind. Lots of people in this movie that are like, oh, what do you call it? Um, There's a lot of uh, Christopher Nolanites in this film. Yeah. Like Paul Bettany's been in some Nolan films, Morgan Freeman, Killian Murphy. I think Kate Kate Mara. And I know Josh Stewart's been in a lot of them, like as a side character. And I'm like, a lot of uh, Christopher Nolan people in here. But then it's definitely not a Christopher Nolan movie because Christopher Nolan movies are very good. And this was just okay. So, and I'm sorry. I know you actually like this movie. I do. I, I really do. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know you're actually a fan. I I am. I am. I was I was trying to let you get it uh, get it all out of the way. <laughs> Explain. Help me. Help me understand why you like it so much. Like, tell me the things about it that you thought were like interesting or different or cool that maybe I'm not seeing. So, uh, first of all. It's it. There are nuances that I don't think a lot of people understand. For instance, the fact that one of the main complaints I hear is that Johnny Depp in the movie, even before he is a, in a computer, is very like wooden. He he doesn't I get that. He he's a sociopath. He is. He's on the spectrum. And because yeah. at one point he oh he like is shown openly not understanding and not being able to interpret lies, and he just goes with it. And it's like, this oh. is a man who understands complex When that one guy in the AI. audience asked him about playing God, most people would have the common decency out of respect for religious people, even if you're not religious, to go, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm just, you know, these are the gifts that God gave us, you know, some yeah. shit like that. But instead he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. That's well, what we do. Yeah, and the guy, the guy says, so you're trying to create your own God. And he, he says, well, that's interesting. Isn't that what humans always do? You know, which is a really weird line, very robotic line. It is. I, I have no issues with that. I will admit that Johnny Depp isn't trying very hard in this movie, but I understand why because that's sure. his character. Yeah, Paul Bettany not trying bothers me. 
Because oh, he's supposed to be the human in this. Yeah, so he should be sheer emotion. Yeah, whereas he never really gets lo- there. Just logic. Rebecca Hall is more human. She gets pissed ever at him when he's like, "That's not really uh, Will," yeah. and she's like, "How dare you!" and kicks him out and everything. Like she's the more human part. She's supposed to be our med- our middle ground person, but I I felt completely the opposite. Yeah. So my favorite parts of the movie, just in general, like base ideas are um, the question of what makes us who we are. That that yeah. in itself is just an incredibly interesting thought experiment idea. I won't lie to, to you, me. on paper, I love this idea. Right? Um, um, just the movie didn't do it for me. Sure. And then, I love the idea of, like, what makes you human. Like, yeah. just because it's your thought process and everything like that, is that still you? Like, you know, who, like... There's always been this argument, and and we've talked about this in the past. There's this argument that who you are online is not who you are in person. Yeah. And so the fact that so many more people will know you from online than as a person, who are you really? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And this brings that up a whole nother gear of imagine if you don't physically have a body. Imagine that online persona being your entire persona, but you were a person previously. Mm-hmm. Then who is who? Yeah, you, and I always find that interesting. You made your online persona, so part of you is in there. Same yeah. situation as part of Johnny Depp is in the computer, his memories and stuff like that. Well, even even on here, as 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 content creators such as ourselves, we amplify parts of our personality to be characters. I don't get angry that easy. I really don't. But. <laughs> In here, it makes more sense for me to get to that point, to be that passionate, and to uh, kind of get mad. And and like shockingly, I always tell people, I'm like, Jesse's one of the smartest people I know, but you almost play a buffoon at some points in this. I, and I'm I like, it's a character. He's not really that <laughs> like, oh, I guess I just like it all. Like He does have discerning taste. It's just like it's funnier to not have discerning right. taste. Right, Especially exactly. if I'm getting mad about it. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, you play characters. Your favorite online people, they all play characters. Yeah, they're, they it, are. A lot of it is them, but it's not all them. And in this movie kind of plays with like that parasocial relationship to a, 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 like an nth degree, which I found very interesting. Sure. I, yeah. But here's the problem. The movie Her did it better with the phone I AI. Did, yeah, I did like Her quite a bit. Um, the only, the only thing transcendence, I, I put them, I put them equal for me, but the only reason transcendence stays, uh, on the same playing field as her for me is because it also adds in one of my favorite things of all time when the entire world is against the smart guy and he fucking wins. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, he gets what he wants. He saves the world and everyone else looks dumb. And he gets into that sunflower at the end. Right. Maybe. Or whatever that is. I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to do there. They're, they're showing that the Faraday cage uh, protected the nanites that were in the garden from the That's virus. Right. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. that his consciousness and her consciousness still exist together in the nanites in the garden. That's right. It's That's the garden right. of That's Eden. A, that's, a good, that's a way easier way of explaining it than what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. So they're still together. They're together and they're in their garden where he built from the ground up to give them time away from the world together. So it is their the perfect ending for them. But how long until that garden is destroyed? I don't know. But see, <laughs> the thing is, technically, 
the blackout, and this is a question that I had no. at the end, the blackout destroyed everything. Uh, it yeah. shut down all the entire world, basically. Which is why we got that intro at the beginning with Bettany kind yeah. of walking through the streets of, like, uh, non-technology New York, which I found exactly. that's the movie I wanted to see, by the way. <laughs> That would be I cool. want to see what society becomes without technology. Yeah. That's very interesting to me. So the thing is, though, that since all of that happened, all those devices are dead. They don't work anymore, period. So by the time that garden gets destroyed, those self-replicating nanites, by the oh, way, yeah, they don't have to have a, a network to replicate. They could technically be fine. Because yeah, the only if a bird eats one of those seeds, or if a human eats one of those seeds, yeah. they'll pass on that genetic code. That's kind of an interesting thought process. Yeah. So once the virus was dead, because all the technology in the world was dead, those nanites can go wherever they want. Interesting. They don't have to worry about being uh, infected anymore. So yeah, but I that at that point in the end of the movie, they're showing that they're just happy being content together, which yeah. on its own shows that Johnny Depp was not an AI at the end of the movie. He was in fact his character. Well, and like, it's the thing about it, that the argument of whether that's him or not, Paul Bettany's like his best friend. Right. Yeah. And whenever the shit's going down and he's like, Oh, I want to get smarter. I want to get smarter and I want to learn more. And he's like, that's not him. And I'm like, how is that not him? Right. That's all we've seen him do is want to get smarter and learn more. The guy was dying and still doing research. Yes. Yeah. It's like that's perfectly in like character for him is to like want to expand that knowledge. The the Wall Street thing was weird. Like like okay, why are you fucking with money? But yeah, no, I, I, I that was also there seems to be some inconsistent writing in the movie with certain characters, and Paul Bettany is one of the major ones because through part of the film he's the protagonist, but then he's also the antagonist, and it just it goes back and forth, and it's really hard to tell what they were trying to even do with him. It's almost like they weren't sure where this character needed to be, and they wanted to give him a villainous turn just because that makes you feel for the other side more. But the villainous turn makes no sense because his entire point is supposed to be that he's the average person who's scared of what's going to happen. And, like, you wouldn't make the viewer the villain in a movie, but that's kind of what they're doing here. And that's, I think that's why I'm so, like, I don't get what's going on. I don't get, like, why they're doing what they're doing. And it's not like I'm dumb and I don't get what's being said or done. It's from a movie making standpoint, I was confused by decisions. I guess is the best way to put it. But this is adapted from a short story, was it not? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Which makes sense. Like, there's a core here that's an amazing story. But that never had a full fleshed out story and you can feel it. Yeah. So. I, I think the way that they... Um... The way that they ended it with the fact that, you know, um, he can, he, he willingly gives up. Yeah. And then, you know, saves the love of his life. But then he, you start to realize he was, he, and he explains it all at the end that the reason he was doing everything he was doing was to make the world better because that's what his wife wanted. So yeah. he was, you know, the nanites were in the air because they were cleaning the air. They were in the soil because they were adding nutrients to allow trees to grow. You know, they, he was reversing everything humanity had done to the climate 
that just trashed it because he knew that he could. And he was trying to, you know, be a good person. Well, good thing. Hmm. So, I mean, it... So he's doing all of this and not asking for anything in return but peace and quiet. And these people, these militant Luddites, which is not a word you a word combination you get very often. Yeah. Um end up, you know, going after him, getting their way, winning in their mind, and now the world is back into pre-technology era but is only in good a good overall state because of his technology. Yeah. And well, like in this, the, this terrorist group will be Frank. They're a terrorist group. They are RIFT yeah. rift. Yeah. They're very weird to me. I mean, when he comes back in the human body, like when he has that clone body, I was like, Oh shit, what's going on here? I, I was excited for that. And then that's really quick. She has the virus, and it's like, oh, my God, he's back. And then it's like, hey, by the way, I can only do one of two things, and if I do this, then she dies, and so will I because of the virus. But, like, it was interesting that – I don't know. There's part of me that's like I'm on your side where I'm like, yeah, it's funny that he won in the end. But there's also part of me that goes, did he win? Is that really what his goal was? But like, yeah, well, I, I liked. Yeah, his goal wasn't to win; he just wanted to be happy. True, yeah. But he ends up being happy because you know they still escape. But like those nanites, so Max knows that they're in that garden. By the way, yes, because right? he sees the water or sees the oil yep. be purified, right? Like, I, I'm curious. First off, are you telling me there were no other Faraday cages anywhere on the Earth? I mean, there probably were. So technology exists in any of those. Yes. So there's probably a good chance that there's government buildings that still have yeah. some type of power. Okay. Anywhere that the vir- that the nanites would have been cut off from the network to the point where they could not uh, receive the virus when it spread across the network, they would be. You would think they would be safe. Okay. So interesting. I huh. did um I did find out for you why you think the movie is so dark. Why is that? Um via luminosity, you know, like actually not enough yeah. light dark. Um is because uh the the uh, director Wally uh, Fitzer, I guess is uh-huh. how you say that. I apologize Wally. Yeah, he did, he's the uh he's Christopher Nolan's second boy. Yeah, so he is a, a cinematographer. But he is a very outspoken um advocate of um film stock over digital. So the movie was shot in, uh, instead of anamorphic or it was, uh, uh, shot at anamorphic on 35 millimeter film instead of a digital camera. But he also decided instead of, um, finishing the film digitally, he went out and actually had it finished photochemically old school. Huh. We're talking dark room, strips of film, chemical baths, the whole okay. spiel. Which Wally could... Fister, he he's like he won an uh, Oscar for um, cinematography on I think Inception, yeah. and he's been nominated for Dark Knight and I think Memento as well. And so like, it's always interesting that like, and obviously I said the Nolan thing earlier because clearly Fister is in the same group of friends, you know? Yeah, and. uh 
I'm looking at like he. I think this is the only movie he. Is this the only movie he directed? Just Transcendence, huh? Uh, yeah, and I think this was his two, debut. He did four episodes of Flaked, which is a Will Arnett show from 2016, and then he did two episodes of The Tick. Okay. But, boy, he does a lot of cinematography on some really good stuff, too. Moneyball. Moneyball has the same lighting as this, so I guess that makes sense. Yep. But it works on Moneyball for some reason. It doesn't quite work here as well. It is a little strange oh, enough technology. That movie's center. really dark. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That movie's super dark. Oh. He did the remake of The Italian Job. He's done a lot of shit. Yeah, for sure. Um so. Also, I found out that Ira McGregor and Tom Hardy turned down the role of Max. They were originally supposed to be cast. I think I would have preferred McGregor. He's very emotional. Paul Bettany I love as an actor, by the way. I don't think he's a bad actor, but like he does a certain type, which is like a very stoic type, very well. That being said, ironically, my favorite role of his is still... Uh, from a night's tale. I knew you were going to say that, <laughs> which is like the complete yeah. opposite of how he acts in any other film. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh my God. What the fuck is that? Oh my God. What's that author's name that he's playing? Oh man. I, oof, it's been a long time since I've watched that movie. Oh my God. I can't believe I, uh, hold on. I'll think about it. It's a famous, uh, Chaucer. Yeah. Yeah. Chaucer. Ch- yeah. He's Jeffrey Chaucer. Yeah. Oh, man, A Night's Tale. What a fucking stellar film. Right. It is Fuck you one. if you don't like that movie is what I got to say. Yeah, Joffrey Chaucer. 2001. That movie did not technically bomb, and it's just 1% short of being fresh. Come on. Hey, critics out there, jump on and give it a positive review. Push it right over to the, the 60. Give it a give – it, it doesn't need to be 100%. It just needs to be fresh. I don't know anyone that doesn't like this film. If you don't like this film, it's because you just, you hate the fun they're having. But anyway, that's not even what we're talking about. We're talking about Transcendence, which doesn't have a whole lot of fun going on in it. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't have a lot of fun in the general sense. Yeah, I, I will tell you I will you also that. say this. Zero comedy. I like Kate Mara in certain roles. I found her unconvincing as an evil person in this, and I did not like her in this. She's Bree, the leader of the yeah. terrorist people. I just, for some reason, I wasn't buying it. Yeah, I I will say, in my opinion, she is the weakest part of the movie for me. Yeah, I think so. Just sad, because she's a, she's a good actress. Right, for sure. Just didn't work for this. I just didn't, I don't know. Like, I, it's not it's not about her leading it. I just, I don't know. I, I guess it... To me, it might be her age. There's something about her performance that felt off, for sure. Yeah. And maybe it is her age. Maybe, like, I don't expect so a young, young person to like, be a Luddite. You don't even know what the world's like yet. Yeah. Well, not only that, but you don't expect a young person to be a Luddite. You know, yeah. anti, someone who's anti-technology. Yeah, if they would have given us, like, an older, more intense actor or actress, I don't think it really matters. Yeah, right. But if we would have got, like, a... Someone with some backstory that would have... I think that's another problem. Her backstory of why she's doing what she's doing is shaky at best. Uh, it was a horrible backstory. Yeah, it's just kind of like... She was part of a, a group of people who digitized the brain of a monkey and the monkey was screaming 
the whole time that it was digitized. She's yeah. like, it was it was begging us, it was screaming for us to turn it off. I was like, monkeys scream. And they you scream just at everything. Digitized its brain. It can't see or hear. It, it's scared. It's fucking screaming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, if this would have been like, and I know these are big stars, but like Charlize Theron or Angela Jolie. Yeah. Or even like Kate Beckinsale, someone who plays uh, straight, Jessica Chastain even, someone who plays very straight very well, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. But for some reason, Kate Mara, she has this really adorable like smirk that is on her face at all times. And it's very disarming. It just makes you go, oh, I bet she's nice. And it doesn't work as this like character. Like I almost want someone with a scar, you know, like I, this person feel felt too clean. Like right. you said, it's just there, there's not a story here. Yeah. I expect her to have to like one time. Yeah. I'll, I'll ex- I expect her to have to pick up her books and go back to college. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like Cole Hauser's in here and he plays a, the, the soldier guy. And then Tilly Murphy is an agent. He's cool in there. And Josh Stewart, um, the the dude that plays Paul, that guy always has that million yard stare going on. So I thought he, I don't really have an issue with anyone else's performance. Like Paul Bettany's wooden, but that's because that's who he acts. That's how he acts, and it was just a bad choice. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Super confused on a lot of it, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing that I I thought was fun was a a thought of. You know, they were so worried about Johnny Depp taking over the world and killing everyone. And yet, while he was only making the world a better place, when they decided to do what they did and caused him to create a worldwide technology blackout, how many mm-hmm. people do you think died? Oh, everyone on oxygen, everyone on life support. Every airplane in the sky. Every airplane, every train, because uh, now the brakes mm-hmm. just don't work. It's yep. just going to go until it it's crashes. It's all electronic. Uh, if, you're under the, if you're in the ocean yep. on a boat or something, like those cruise ships don't have, you can't paddle. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people died. Yeah. They killed Not to mention, millions. Just like the process and how we make insulin. Everyone with diabetes is eventually going to die. Yeah. They killed so. millions of people to take out a person who is making the world a better place. There's yeah. your Christ parable right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. I mean, yeah, this movie is very heavy on the. Yeah. But so. yeah, that's that's uh, those are a couple of the reasons I like it. Why it's one of my favorite movies. I also like right. Johnny Depp. I'm predisposed to liking Johnny Depp, honestly. Uh, okay. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. I, I wanted you to prove me wrong. You gave me plenty of reasons and things I agree with. All right, cool. I I agree. Um, you want to play our favorite game? I would love to. I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. Joe Martin. And it's your turn. I'm first. You are first. All right. Well, um, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to do because you're predisposed to like him. <laughs> so I am going to choose as my person, Xander Berkeley. He played the doctor, the older doctor early on that gets strangled to death by the the bad guys. Yeah, which uh, when you mentioned that, it rocked my world because I didn't realize it was him until you yeah. mentioned it. And Xander Berkeley, for those who know, was in Terminator 2. He's the foster dad who gets 
the uh, spike through his mouth while drinking the gallon of milk or the yep. carton of milk. So, and guess who else is in that? Joe Morton. <laughs> so that's my one. Jesse, I know you also got it in one, but please explain your one. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Johnny Depp's in this movie. He's also in 1999's The Astronaut's Wife with oh, Joe yeah. Morton. With Joe Morton. Imagine, though, for a second, that Kate Maris character is played by Charlize Theron, and we had a Charlize Theron, Johnny Depp oh, reunite. That would have been so cool. Yeah, I would have loved that. We're like, hey, astronaut's wife, too. <laughs> also, a movie where they're not sure if Johnny Depp is who he is. This is true. It's true. It just happens to Johnny Depp sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Very mercurial. Now we'll move right on to our next spot. Jesse, should have bomb. One, two, three, four. Three. But I hope the movie Old fails as good as I hope it does. But that doesn't make any fucking sense, Brandon. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> I mean, I think we all know. No, I don't think it should. Here's what's going to surprise you. I also don't think it should. I thought wow. that of this time period when I was looking at what else was coming out, everything else was a sequel or an adaptation of a comic book or a book. I know that this was a, uh, a screenplay based on like a short story, but it's pretty original. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is a screenplay just, just on its own. I'm not seeing where I saw that. That might just be an idiot. Okay. It's just an original screenplay. And I always want original screenplays to do well. And, like, I do love the idea of transhumanism being something that we focus on and talk about, but we just don't get to really see it the way I wanted to. And when I see some of the people that, like, were supposed to be in this film, like James McAvoy and uh, Numi Rapaz, Christoph Waltz, I was like, holy shit, the people that we didn't get are insane. And you had mentioned earlier Ewan McGregor and Tom Hardy. Yeah. And I think that – well, I think personally, I think that this movie – was just casted poorly, even though everyone in it's actually pretty good. It's it's weird. It's like having a, a baseball team of all good players, but they just don't work together right. Sure. So I don't think it should have failed. I would have loved for this movie to succeed. I would have loved for us to get more movies that are experimenting with the idea of things that are are very close to us. Like the idea of transcendence isn't isn't insanely far away. No, not really. You know, we've already learned that we can we can program voices and looks and ideas, and we can teach robots to think the way we can teach teach AI to think the way we think. So that's just a stepping stone to this point to transcendence. So I love the idea that they talk about something that is uh, is really cool and interesting like that, but it just doesn't land for me. And obviously, it didn't land for most people. Obviously. So unfortunately, I'm just in the mass majority here on this where it's like, and, and let's see, what's its rotten tomato score. Let's take a look. And you can tell that I'm, I'm predisposed to liking it just because of subject matter, because I don't pick it apart because it would be super easy to pick it apart. As I said, with their bowling ball sized quantum processors that sure. run in a fucking server rack. I, that's not how quantum. I don't computers agree with this work. approval rating on rotten tomatoes at all. Why? 19. Uh, like this movie is not, not like a 70, bad. but this movie feels like it should be like a 45, 50 to me. Yeah. 
And it got like half on everything else. 4.6 out of 10, 42 out of 100. Mm. Everything else I kind of agree with. But boy, on Rotten Tomatoes, that's a real low score. Shockingly low. Mm. Let's uh, let's look and see what the... Uh, I wonder what the audience score is. Yeah, I'd be curious. <laughs> I, I didn't see this movie when it was in theaters. I will say that. I watched it later. Uh, 230 reviews from critics at 19%. 50,000 plus ratings from the audience, putting it at 37. Which yeah. I feel is closer to what it it's, should be. It is closer. It is closer. I see, like I said, I completely see why people don't care for the movie or are just kind of meh with it. Uh, it could be more exciting, could be faster, could have more things going on. There are a lot of moments that are just kind of cerebral. You're just having sure. to think about them and think about the implications instead of them explaining them to you. And that's not what most people go to the movies for. It's honestly not what I go to the movies for. Uh, but here's the issue I have with that. This this movie that is a lot of dialogue and argument on whether or not something is right is literally the fucking foundation of the movie Oppenheimer by Christopher Nolan, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. And it is done in such a way that I think it's going to be considered one of the classic films. I think that movie is going to be put into the AFI top 100 films of all time. Don't ruin the ending for me. I haven't seen it yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go funny. see it though. I, I'll give that credit. I'll give that movie credit so much for one thing it is something that i know exactly what's going to happen and i still had tension that's the sign of a good movie right there yeah because like there's a moment where i'm like oh fuck is it gonna work and i'm like i know it's gonna work (laughs) what the fuck am i talking about this happened already (laughs) but oh by the way i just so you know night's tale 80 audience score just saying that's pretty good (laughs) you got you got uh paul bettany alan tudyk and um heath ledger what more you need you got Mark Addy too. Oh uh, yeah, love yeah, Mark. Yeah. Love me some Mark Addy. Hell yeah. And it's got the guy who's been in a couple movies, Rufus Sewell, as the villain. Love him yeah. as a villain. Yep. And then James Purefoy, who we've had on here before with John Carter, is in it. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep, 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 yep. But anyway, that's uh, you know what about that movie that always baffles me. I really like Shannon Sassaman. The lady, the woman, the male, the female lead, and like that bitch has not done like anything else. She was like this, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, and I think she's in Sinister, and I don't think I've seen her in anything else. Like three films. Wow. But I thought she's really good, so I don't know. But anyway, uh, oh, I almost skipped a whole entire subject. Well, I guess next step is going to be what's next, Jesse. Excuse me. Sorry. I hate to interrupt. But thing is, have you eaten? It's not that I don't like visitors. I, I like visitors as much as the next hobby, but I do like to know them before they come visiting. What's this? Uh, I don't know. I just thought it'd be cheese. That was from The Hobbit, 2020, uh, 2012. The next movie is not that. It is 2022's. Babylon. Babylon. Oh, that's wait. Wow. I will admit Babylon is a film that I often get confused with. Uh, oh my God. What was the one that we just watched with Margot Robbie? Oh, um, Amsterdam. Yeah. Amsterdam. It makes sense. Yeah. They both, the cover art on them looks, uh, the same. It's got the same color grading. 
Um, yeah, this one, that that always it's also got confused. Margot Robbie. Oh yeah, Margot Robbie's in, and it's like the same time period. That would I be think. uh that would be why. Yeah, we got Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Gene Smart, Olivia Wilde. Oh, I haven't seen Brad her in anything Pitt, lately. Oh yeah, Toby Maguire's in this. Jimmy Ortega. <laughs> Samara Weaving and Margot Robbie are in this film. Well, that's just gonna prove that I'm wrong that they're not the same person. Flea is in it. Spike Jones is in it too. Wow. Spike Jones, who directed all the uh uh, uh, jackass films. Also, Lucas Haas is in here. He's ju- he was just in uh, Transcendence. Nice. Yeah. So interesting. I have not seen this at all. So this will uh, be interesting. I have seen. Oh, Eric Roberts three is in hours it? long. Yeah. Eric Roberts is good stuff. Three hours long though. Oof. One of those, huh? Yeah, a tale of outside, uh, outsized ambition and outrageous excess. It traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Hell yeah. I like it. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, Jesse, um, now that we know what we're doing next week, uh, and I know that people are probably like, holy shit, those guys just kind of disappeared. We had a lot of shit going on, <laughs> just so you guys know. Yeah. Life uh, life grabbed a uh, grabbed a spatula and slapped us right in the fucking forehead. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a very bad uh, timing between the both of us. So, anyway, what have you been doing? What have you been watching? What have you been reading? So, uh, which watching? Do I know they're bad? Yes, I know they're bad. Do I accept Sorry. that they're bad? Yes, I accept that they're bad. 1999's The Astronaut's Wife. Oh, Jonathan! <laughs> I had to use it. So, <laughs> I think I'm first. You are. Um, I went and saw Barbie. I think the last time we were here, I talked about Oppenheimer. Yeah, you did. You did. You got the you got the uh, the duo. Yep. Oh yeah, I got Barb- saw both. Barbenheimer. I, uh, Barbie is fantastic. Is it maybe um, I need to look back at the this movie this year's movies? It might be my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> That's awesome. It's done, and when I tell you, you you aren't whatever you think this movie's about. You're wrong. It's very very different. Awesome. I'm excited. Really enjoy it. I and and holy shit, I would not be surprised. At all, if Margot Robbie got nominated for an Oscar, I don't know if she'll win, but there might be a good chance that uh, fucking Gosling wins. This yeah. character he plays in this film is so interesting. Really? I Dude, like I, Ryan Gosling a lot. He is so good in this. You need to go see it. You'll love it. I plan it's, on seeing it's about it. It's about trying to learn where you belong and like the people that get hurt, uh, whenever you, you know, you climb the ladder, the people that get hurt okay. and how, like how easy that is to like be a thing that you do to people and you don't even realize you're doing it. And wow. the whole movie it, it's, there's definitely some political, uh, push in the film about how the patriarchy works. The patriarchy is an ongoing joke in the film. Um, but it's done in such a way that it tries to get you to understand of like, it, like, isn't it weird that it's this way, but that is the way it is. Like what there, when you were in Barbie land, everything is ran by the feet, the Barbies, everything, 
The Barbies are everything. They make all the laws. They do everything. And when you're watching it and you see like a Ken who's like, I don't have a place in this world because the Barbies have everything. So what am I supposed to do? It's an interesting view because what they're trying to do is kind of flip-flop that on how the patriarchy works in our society with women. Sure. And there is a line of dialogue in this film. First off, there's so many funny bits. Like, I want a shirt where Ken is wearing two pairs of sunglasses and he says, every night is for the boys. Because that line, when it's delivered, is so good. Uh, but they're when they get to the real world, they're in their, like, weird neon 80s like spandex get-ups okay. skating and she's like everyone's looking at us he goes yeah but it's like admiration i love it doesn't feel weird or creepy at all she goes no 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 what i'm getting is definitely weird and creepy because it's like that's the difference between a man and a woman is like when you see a big buff man you're like oh that that guy's strong and you kind of like give him positives but if you see a woman who's in really good shape you're like oh dude she's so hot and it's all like creepily sexual the movie does so much with those like little jokes um and then of course as always fucking uh what's his name delivers oh my god uh scott pilgrim can't think of his name right now oh um uh, uh, Michael Sarah. yeah Michael Sarah. Yeah. Michael Sarah delivers really good in it he's very funny as Alan um, I absolutely suggest the movie to anybody. If you're super political and you hate any view that is considered liberal whatsoever, you're not going to enjoy it because you're going to you're going to go and do a like they make fun of you in this, and you're going to get pissy about it, and that's just the way it is. But you're exactly the problem, so fuck you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> nice. I love but that. I, I really enjoyed it. I love that the the cast call for Barbie on IMDb is Ryan Gosling. Ken, Simu Liu, Kim, uh, John Cena, Ken, Scott Evans, Ken. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there, there's only one other male, and that's uh, uh, Alan. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't even think any of the other men have names. I think even Will Ferrell is just like the CEO is all they call him. That's awesome. I'm looking now. Kate McKinnon, by the way, who sometimes can be a little much. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic in this. Awesome. They do a good job with her. Uh, John Cena is in it. It's His cameo is pretty great. They also make fun of... They hardcore make fun of... Uh, I don't even want to say it. I just want you to watch it. I'm not, I, they yeah. make fun of guys that grab guitars and play songs. And it's <laughs> so funny. It's, it's just... I fucking I laughed so hard at parts of this. My wife laughed at it. She was she was dying. She thought it was so funny. I, I'll have to take the girls to it. Oh yeah, and your 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 fiance will love it too. Like okay. she'll absolutely love it, and you'll love it. You'll laugh. You'll laugh very hard. Cool. I love There's it. No no Juno bits to it. You know. Fantastic. I've also just watched Ahsoka. Okay. Yeah. I have not. I don't know if yet. you've seen it. I have not yet, no. Yeah, it's um I I really like what they're doing with certain things, but something felt missing out of it. But it's also the first two episodes, so I don't want to judge it on that. The Star Wars TV series oftentimes 
kind of falls in that spot where it takes them a few episodes to get where they want to be. Sure. They always have to tell a little bit of backstory because not everybody knows all the characters. Exactly, yeah. And then uh, as far as listening, there's a band called The Heavy that I'm a big fan of. And I think you'll like these guys a lot. Uh, the song I suggest you listen to is Short Change Hero. Very catchy, very fun. But uh, that's definitely going to be my option, my uh, choice this time around for. Uh... Short Change. Now, now you've got me where I've got to look at one of my playlists in my Apple Music because I'm pretty sure I have them on there. I have a playlist that's just called The Gentleman's Music. Oh, really? And it's just a bunch of, like, kind of bluesy, uh, hard-hitting songs, but they're, they're not actually, like, a rock or anything. Okay. I feel like, I feel like, uh, yeah, Short Change Hero, the heavy. It's on there. <laughs> I'll just play, play a quick few seconds of it that we won't get in trouble for. Hey, as long as you talk over most of it, you're fine. It's got a yeah, very guitars, um, lone driving yeah. beat to it. Good stuff. As long as we're talking over it. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the voice, the voice on that, it's so oh, good. So I'm good. always a fan of that type of voice. Yeah. It's got a good jazzy, bluesy thing going on. Oh, good for, stuff, for sure. Yeah. And and their whole their their whole discography is very good. By the way, it's not just that one song. Okay. Like, listen to a bunch of shit by them. You'll love it. So anyway, that's what I'm. Doing. What are you doing? Cool. Oh man. All right. So we're. I'll start. I'll start. Uh, f- start from the bottom because it's easier that way. So the book is uh, Odd Thomas by Dean Koontz. I've seen. I've read it and seen the film adaptation yep. with uh, Anton Yelchin. They're both very good. They very did a good, fantastic yeah. job with the movie. It represents the book very well. The book just has a little bit more meat to it. Um, Definitely, you know, read the book, then watch the movie because it was fantastic. Uh, R.I.P. Anton. Um, yeah, that's pretty yes, wild. That sucked. Uh, then uh, the um, the movie that I most recently watched, I watched Cobweb. Um, so, oh, I saw it's, it's spoopy uh, season, so you you know you got to watch uh, you got to watch spoopy movies when it's spoopy season. Uh, it I is saw something about this. Yeah, a horror movie. Um, eight-year-old boy tries to investigate the mer- uh, mysterious knocking sounds that are coming from inside the wall of his house, unveiling a dark secret that his sinister parents have kept hidden from him. I, I, have you ever seen the movie Offspring or The Woman, uh, which is the sequel to it? I don't think I have. They're pretty good scary films. They're just done really creepy. Okay, that's how this is. It's very, uh, it's got some obvious jump scare type stuff and everything. Is that Lizzie Kaplan? Um, yes, it is, and Anthony Starr. Because uh, oh, I, I, I fiend to see him in something else. So as soon as I saw his face attached to this movie, I'm like, I don't even care. I'm watching it because is he a good guy in it. Uh, Within reason, I, like, is he like? Because he always plays no, like just I'm, the worst people. Uh, he's not a great guy oh but that's that's kind of the thing of the movie everybody in the movie um except for one character is kind of gray 
they're not necessarily True. inherently bad, but they're not necessarily inherently good. Like they're, their uh, experiences and life end up making them the way they are, and they're kind of in the middle. It, like they do, they do bad things, but are they doing those bad things for good reasons? That's that's the question. It kind of makes you ask. So it it's very good. Uh, if you have a chance to watch it, check it out. Uh, it does, you know, it has all the all the pinnings of a Halloween movie. Um, there are some very creepy moments. There are some very suspenseful moments. Some unwinding of mysteries it's it's good stuff so and if you like anthony Starr, he is very good in it so and then mm. the thing that's been taking up the majority of my life baldur's gate three <laughs> I, I have played so much baldur's gate three i don't it's have depressing. it yet. And I want to play it so bad. It's it's so good. It's just so... If you like Dungeons & Dragons, it's just so damn good. Um, I watched... There's a guy that fucked with a genie in that game, and he got turned into a wheel of cheese, and he's playing yeah. the game now as the wheel it's of cheese. The wheel of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That can happen. Have you seen the video of the guy that... <laughs> Uh, it was a halfling, and he got a sneak really high up, and then he just got every explosive barrel he could and planted them all 15 feet within each other in the first dungeon. Yeah. And then just goes to the very front <laughs> of the dungeon and throws a bomb, and it just kills everything in the dungeon. Yeah. So his very first dungeon, he just wipes it clean by fucking napalming it. It's so good, man. So good. I uh, <sighs> I have 24 hours on record so far, which is a drop in the bucket for most people. Oh yeah, um, but still, <laughs> me being able to play a game for twenty four hours from then to now, let me tell you, uh, pushing forty and playing video games for that amount of time since they were released only you know not even a month ago, mm-hmm. you got to make some sacrifices, and uh, I decided to sacrifice sleep. Ah, so yeah, been very tired recently. See, my body doesn't let me sacrifice sleep. I just fall asleep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because like, here's the thing: I can either sit there uncomfortably and I'll stay awake and play, or I can sit there comfortably. But the problem is, there's a You'll good chance done. my body will go, "Ah, yes, yeah. time to lull you to sleep." I have relaxation games that are made to put me to sleep. Uh, uh, Farm Simulator 22 is one of those, and Minecraft it is, is that for me? Oh, the music in that one, man! That'll here's get you what's every even time. better: you can play Minecraft with a Skyrim skin. So you get Skyrim music, but you get the, like, <laughs> calmness of Minecraft. That's fantastic. It's the best of both worlds, man. Yeah. And when it rains in that game. Oh, it's good. With Skyrim music going, oh, I'm I'm fighting every bit to stay awake. Hell yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I When I play Farm Simulator and fall asleep, I wake up to suddenly be in the middle of a cornfield with just a circle. <laughs> you just gr- fell asleep with a wheel. Yeah, it just goes to the side, and then I'm just doing circles in the field, and I got a big brown circle where I've worn down to the dirt. <laughs> I've done that with uh, Diablo Four. I've played and like kind of dozed, and then all of a sudden I'm like, "Where the hell am I?" Because I just leaned on the stick, you know, and I just ran. That's awesome. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm at anymore. <laughs> uh, it's good oh stuff. man! So yeah, that's that's been that's my game right now. Baldur's Gate Three. Uh, Phasmophobia did get an update. I'm sure that's what I'll be playing on the next episode. 
There's no I'm chance. I'm curious I'm not. if uh, the because um, obviously you're playing it on PC. I am curious if the PS5 version of Baldur's Gate that we're getting like next month. Uh-huh. I'm curious if it's as good. I think it will be very good. Um, I am actually, I'm playing on PC a little. I'm actually playing on Steam Deck a lot uh, Ah. because it's such a good game to be able to take with you. And it has a controller mode built into it. And it runs that that level of... It runs it impressively well. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I I, I might be able to play it on my computer, hell. Yeah, it doesn't take a whole hell of a lot. I mean... um, if I play it on computer, I, I'm a, a Mac user, so I don't get a lot of gaming, unfortunately, natively. Sure. So I use GeForce Now to play it. Um, okay. You know, on GeForce Now, you can play it full settings and go crazy, and it plays really well. Um, <clears throat> but there is a Mac version coming out alongside the PlayStation 5 version, uh, like September 6th, I think, or something like that. So I'm looking forward to that, too. But, yeah, the Steam Deck plays it fantastically hmm. i was recently out of town for business and took the steam deck and played that like every night interesting yeah i was thinking about getting how much are those steam decks now um if you get them brand new i think the entry level one is like uh, 350 400 something like that um but they are starting to sell them certified refurbished if you can find them in stock and that takes off like 20%. Oh, okay. So they end up being quite a bit uh, cheaper. Uh looks like 400 for the 64 gigabyte base model. Uh 529 okay. for the 256 gigabyte step up. The only difference uh between those two is the storage space. That is it. Everything hmm. else is exactly the same. Is it it got expandable storage space or no? Um yeah, so e- every one of the Steam Decks has a micro SD card slot that you can expand your storage with and uh, honestly, I have games on both internal storage and uh, micro SD. I cannot tell the difference between performance or load time. It is identical to me. So, <laughs> like, I have a 256 uh, gigabyte SSD, but then I have a 512 gigabyte um, SD card in it. And then the top tier model has, like, a uh, an anti-glare screen and 512 gigs of uh, SSD storage, and it's like 650. Okay, but well. you you get a carrying case. Uh, even at the base, 400 bucks, you get a carrying case and the 64 gig storage. And as far as I am aware, I believe you would have to check for to be positive, but I believe you can upgrade the 64 gig one with a new SSD aftermarket. You can just oh. buy the SSD and slap it in there um, to go up to a terabyte if you want to. So, hmm. so if you're if you're an upgrader or a tankerer, uh, you know, start at the at the four hundred one because the processor and display are the same as the, the mid tier one, and just upgrade right. your storage later or use SD cards. Honestly, because like I said, I can't tell the difference. <laughs> so. I'm looking at uh, the Baldur's Gate 3 system requirements. Yeah. I definitely can play it, but there's also a collector's edition coming out. That looks pretty fucking cool, so I don't know if I want to wait for the collector's edition or not. 
What's uh, I wonder what that one has in it. Doesn't oh, say. Oh shit! It's got thirty-two stickers, a game certificate, a hundred sixty-page art book, the the code, digital content, a mind flayer versus drow battle diorama that's twenty-five centimeters in height. Oh, this uh, has got you written all over it. D and D character sheets of each of the origin characters, an oversized metal D twenty, a key ring that looks like one of the tadpoles. Uh, three packs of Battle for Baldur's Gate MTG booster packs and a cloth map. I mean, there's a lot of me in there. I yeah. say, I think you need. I think you might need to wait for that because <laughs> that. Let's see, what you, let's see what you get in the in-game DLC. That's built for you. Dice skin, yep. dice skin, bard song. Yeah, that is one of the, the shapeshifter. That's one of the beautiful things about this game is there's no microtransactions. They have one Ooh. one DLC. Sorry, I saw the price. Yeah. What do you think the price is for that? For the like the fancy holy premier holy ship package? Yeah. Two hundred dollars. Uh let me check one thing. Because it's given to me in pounds, which oh. I fucking hate. Two hundred and sixty dollars. I mean probably worth it <laughs> i am excited for all the shit that this game is going to force uh other games to be better yeah yeah this game has got a bunch of controversy around it because of the way that uh triple a developers were kind of dogging on it and everybody just loves it because yeah, it's too good yeah and it is it really is so surprisingly good you know i mean if I, you you have to like the style of game, uh, if you're not an RPG or I think they call this a CRPG because you know you click with a mouse and all this. If you're not that kind of gamer, you probably won't like it. I wonder how it's going to uh, port over to systems. I think it will probably do pretty well as far as um, because, like I said, even me, I have been playing it with a controller even on PC. Like, oh, I okay. choose the controller um, because the beauty of it is, at least on PC, if you are using the controller and you click somewhere with your mouse, it goes into mouse and keyboard mode automatically. Um, <clears throat> there are not a whole lot of situations where I've needed that, though. A few where I wanted to kind of cheese it a little bit, you know? I wanted to go into turn base before it just forced me into turn base to kind of sure. stop time. Um but that's me just kind of trying to find ways around things. Uh, overall, though, the controls actually make it feel almost platformy. What controller do you use? Uh, so if I'm playing on PC, I'm using um, typically a uh, Google Stadia controller, which mm -hmm. its closest analog to real life, I guess, would be a PlayStation 5. Okay. Um, but I also use, um, like I said, the Steam Deck has the controllers on it. Yeah. And then uh, I have used a uh, Xbox controller. The button mappings are identical. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We went really far into this. I know. I, uh, it's so good. I, I mean, I have <laughs> Xbox controllers that I can map into my system. So, yeah. Well, you might have convinced me to buy this because uh, I was just going to go out and buy a PS5 and buy the game when it came out. But now I'm kind of <laughs> thinking I could save $500 if I just buy a yeah the game by itself. Yeah. Now, here's the one issue I have, and it's not even an issue, but it, uh -oh. it's kind of a thing. 
the reason a lot of people can't play D&D is because they're at the mercy of their schedules and the schedules of their friends who are playing. Sure. When you play multiplayer in Baldur's Gate, you have a separate game save with those people, and you can only play when those people are available. Interesting. So you are still, even in a damn D&D video game, at the behest of your schedule and the schedule of your friends. Like, God damn it. <laughs> are you playing Are you playing multiplayer at all? I have not yet because I haven't found anyone who can play when I need to play. <laughs> but, yeah, I've got... Hey, uh, maybe we'll start a game together. Who knows? It, yeah, you know, I try. I, uh, my future brother-in-law, I, um, I got him turned on to the game. And uh, at one point, the fiancé asked him if he wanted to play Phasmophobia with her. And she, he responded back, there is no Phas, there is only Baldur's Gate. <laughs> nice. Uh, what what are you playing as in the game? I am a bard, single a, bard. a single class bard. Because what when, race did you choose? A uh, half elf. I like being beautiful. <laughs> I contemplate for my first playthrough playing because like a buddy of mine is playing it as a bard as well, uh-huh. and he's like talking out. He's talking himself out of a million things. Like he's not even had to fight most of his fights. Exactly. He's able to go, hey, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking as a fun opposite of what I normally play when I do play D and D because I'm usually like the intelligent character. I'm thinking about just being a fucking like orc barbarian. Yeah. Just being as dumb as I can. Yeah. And yeah. just be very intimidating and run it that way and see how far I get. Hell yeah! One of everyone's favorite characters in the game. I'm sure one of your Minsk. will probably be yours too is a character named Carlac, and she is a oh, barbarian. Carlac the tiefling? Yeah, bar- a barbarian tiefling. Yeah. Have you gotten Minsk and Boo yet? No. The barbarian and his pet hamster? No, I haven't. Not yet. Oh, boy. <laughs> all these characters, by the way, exist in D&D. They're all, oh, like, yeah. they all have prior history. Yeah. Isn't Carlac a magic card, too? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, all, every character in there has been turned into a magic card, oddly enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. She's not very good in magic. She's much better in the game. Yeah. But she's like the horny one too. Uh yeah, she's honestly she's the best character. And she's one of the only um good like truly good characters in the game. When I mean good, I mean like alignment. Um Oh yeah. You know, she is just a truly good person. She's a kind of a chaotic good, but she is good. Okay. Well, chaos. She's a tiefling, right? Yes, chaos is her thing. Yeah, and she's a tiefling with a, a infernal engine for a heart. Yeah, that's why she's like hot all the time. Yeah, and then uh, Asterion's in there. Yep, who's a vampire, rogue guy. So that's interesting that they played used him. Um, who else is in there? Oh, that gets Yankee, Laviel. Yep. She's good in magic. She's good in D and D. Is she good in the game? She she is. She is a a, a mean, just a mean character. <laughs> well, the Githyankis are pretty yeah. evil, but well, not uh, necessarily evil. You got to remember that what they were at one point something that sort of resembled goblins yeah. that were forced into evolution by mind flayers. Yeah. So she is oh. like, if you want her as your uh, romantic interest, the heinous act you have to commit <laughs> uh, it's just horrible maybe i will play evil i never play evil i don't either 
They've got a they've got a version you can play uh, called the Dark you Urge. You didn't kick the squirrel. I did. I know. I haven't encountered the squirrel yet, actually, but I won't uh. kick it. Um, but they have a, a version you can play called the Dark Urge, where you can play any version of your character, but yet you have dark urges and like a dark internal demon that urges you to do bad things. So you get a whole nother set of available dialogue options and everything like that. You know, like one of the characters you, you reach into a magical portal and pull him out. His name's Gale. Um, you pull him out oh, of the portal. Gale Waterdeep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, if a, you got the dark urge. Is he a wizard in this? Yes. He's a wizard. Yeah. Um, he's a really powerful wizard. And But in this one, if you do the dark urge, you have the option to rip his arm off instead oh, of nice. pulling him out of the portal. Yeah. So it, yeah, I know that you get you can put together a crew pretty quickly in the game. Oh yeah, most of the main characters are available before you leave um like the first part of the map, honestly. It's all about exploration. So fan it's fantastic. We've been talking about that for a long time. I think we've talked about that as much as we talk about transcendence. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> <sighs> all right well um we'll tell everybody goodbye we'll get them next week uh where we'll talk about what we're doing then and i'm sure jesse's still gonna be playing Baldur's skate and who knows maybe i will so. we and uh, uh did you want to talk about the order of episodes since this might get confusing for people you can say it okay. explain it we had some issues so. <laughs> so because of the way that schedules worked out you're actually listening to what would be episode 109, uh, and next week you'll be listening to episode 108, so they're yes. backwards. But you know what? Just deal with it. Get over yourself. You'll be fine. Yeah. Let's talk about buttered sausage. Butter sausage. Let's talk about buttered yeah, sausage. Yeah, where did it come from, from? Butter sausage. Yeah, what, where it comes from, what it is, Why? What? get it out of my face. Butter sausage. Butter sausage. Is that not uh, your jam? I don't buy jam. I buy honey and I kiss it on the lips. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard the story of Jay Moore talking about when he first met Christopher Walken? No. So Jay Moore's comedian. They did a movie together. And he was walking his dog. He, he'd bring his dog to set and he was walking his dog. And he saw Christopher Walken. So he's like, oh, I'm going to go say hi to him. And as he gets closer, Christopher Walken looks at the dog and looks at Jay Moore. And he goes, I see you. And he's like, what? He goes, I see you. I can see you, you know? And he's like, yeah, I, I know, I guess. I just wasn't to say hi. He goes, uh, and he's like, wouldn't it be interesting if humans had tails? And Jay Moore's like, what? He's like, wouldn't it be interesting if, if humans had tails? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, you couldn't hide. You couldn't hide who you were. You couldn't hide if you were excited, if you had a tail. And he's like, oh, I guess. And he's like, what would you rather do, fly or have a tail? And he goes, I guess I'd rather fly. He goes, oh, no, no, no. You can you can take your tail and get on a plane. <laughs> like, And it's just like the most fucked up story. And I'm like, boy, Christopher Walken is something else, man. Mm-hmm, good. There it is. <laughs> God. Uh. By the way, speaking of Gary Busey, real quick, I, when I was watching Cobweb, there was a young uh, blonde-headed kid. Uh, he's the bully in the story. Brian. I was looking at the cast. Brian, really. yeah. And I, I didn't know. I did a look at the cast sheet. Brian shows up, and I'm, I poke the uh, the fiance, and I go, this Gary Busey-looking motherfucker up here. 
I didn't realize Brian is Luke Busey. <laughs> no, is it Jake Busey's kid? Yeah. <laughs> Those Buseys have a very distinct <laughs> look to yeah, them. Yeah, I was like, oh, their shit. teeth are way too big for actually their bodies. actually a Busey. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Talk about butter sausage. sausage. Uh, people yeah, that don't you know could, that meme are gonna be like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" You could you could be a spiritual leader. All you have to do is uh, zip up your pants and learn how to eat burritos backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that. Now, having said that, made fun of Gary Busey. I still think it's it's that's what I needed. I needed buttered sausage in my life right now. Yeah, that's just fun. It's one of those things that when it happened, all I saw was the buttered sausage bit, and I'm like, okay, what the fuck is this from, and what is <laughs> what is out of context here that I'm not understanding? Yeah. And then when you watch it, you go, no, there was nothing out of context. No. He just says it. <laughs> he just says it. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, I'm going to let you go. You have a great night, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, of course, you can always follow us on I'm on everything as Brando Supreme and Jesse's on everything as pin of doom. But if you didn't want to have to look up everything, where can they find everything nice and, and pushed together, nice and compacted and ready for consumption on the bobspod.com. Ah. All right. Well, thanks everybody. And we'll get you next time for, um, I guess I'll technically say, get you. Ne- am I going to, are we going to get them next time on, the last duel or like next time on uh Babylon. The world may never know. <laughs> All right. What the fuck are her powers? Do you want laser raptors? Because that's how you get laser raptors. I hate you so much. <laughs> you the man whip. <laughs>